things have changed since last we spoke i'm brian with me as always is chris chris the last one of these we did the two of us was it in florida or did we do one after that uh i was trying to remember it might have been all in florida i'll look it up while we're talking uh yeah but it's it's been a little while regardless yeah you know uh you've been on death's door (laughs) a number of times Figuratively, yes. Yes, figuratively, yes, yes. You have been you've been quite sick. Uh, yeah, last episode we did was in Florida. Okay, yeah, that was um, that was in between coming off round two of my sinus infection nonsense, uh, and then I did I, I worked a full week after that, but then the flu um, kind of kicked my ass. For the better part of it was like two or three days of intense ass kicking from the flu, and then just sort of that drawn out, you know, like oh, okay, you know, bouncing back from this at thirty five is different than it was at thirty, right? Yes, which I think was about the last time I I really had gotten that level of sick. Um, we used to host a New Year's party every year in our apartment, and I think yeah, it was twenty nine, thirty, somewhere around there. And uh, the party still happened, but I was in the bedroom with like the cold sweats and chills and trying to sleep, you know, as all that was going on. So that was the last time I had kind of been through the ringer with stuff. Um, And obviously, in the current context, things could be a lot worse. But uh, it, it was a reminder that the flu is not a good time. No, not at all. Uh, so uh, I'm very glad you're healthy. You're feeling better, uh, and you know it's it's been a really weird few weeks for baseball. So the last time that we spoke to you guys, we were in Florida for spring training. Coronavirus was something that we knew a little bit about, but it was not nearly the uh, the no one was taking it as seriously as people were taking it now. Obviously. Uh, but since we've last spoken, obviously, um, you know, it's we've had baseball canceled or baseball postponed uh, the NBA season, essentially canceled every professional sport, every concert, every uh, entertainment event that I know of has pretty much been put on the shelf for the foreseeable future. And while that is obviously a bummer, especially for those of us that are working from home and have nothing but time on our hands and would love to be able to watch some sports on television, you know, I think I think anybody with half a brain understands why this was necessary and that this is, you know, we're doing this to protect ourselves long term and all of that. But how weird is it to be sitting here on what should be opening day and know that we have no real clue when baseball's coming back. Yeah, it's uh it's surreal. Um you know, as we're recording this, I see that the US has uh more cases than Italy. Um you know, this especially being in the New York 
in New York City and even just being in the New York area, um, you know, where, where really it's exploded here. Um, you know, I think for me, it, it was something that, you know, I had been reading about like a lot of people, um, even when it was on the West coast, you know, you had like single digit cases for, for a few, a little bit, um, <clears throat> in a few places, you know, but when New York had the first and then the second, and then very quickly it went from two to nine, that's when it was like, okay, uh, this is going to be a thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, that's when it kicked in for me. Uh, you know, it didn't go into like hoarding things, got some things that we were low on, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, but that, it, that was the, the point where it was just started saying to friends, like this is going to be dozens or hundreds or thousands soon. And I think some people saw that a little earlier and, uh, I think other people took a little more time to come around. Um, so, you know, in hindsight, <clears throat> everybody should have been treating it that way before there were even cases here, uh, in the United States, in North America, you know, and anywhere, um, as this thing has developed. But yeah. So yeah, it, it feels like I'm doing a coronavirus podcast, not a baseball one. That that's, <laughs> That's weird. Um, but that's the reality. I mean, the reality of our situation is, and we were talking before the show about what we're going to discuss on the program, and, and basically a lot of what we said was we're going to have a lot of conjecture because there's there's just we don't know anything. We don't know when baseball is coming back. We don't even know when it would be logical to start asking the question, when is baseball coming back? Right. So, you know, you look at this stuff um, and, and you know how serious it is. Uh, and if, as a society, we completely commit to social distancing for as long as it takes to really spread this thing out, hey, that that's great. Uh, you know, that that's an obviously admirable goal. That that's something that I think everybody should want. Um, <clears throat> we know baseball is not nearly as important as that, but for me, what I have a hard time. I guess kind of figuring out is okay, you know, we can commit to that, do everything right, but how do you ramp back up? You know, sending people who are healthy back to work is a very different thing uh, than, hey, 45,000 people come to City Field. Right, yeah. You know, with it. I, I hope there are solutions. Um, obviously, I think. The entire world is rooting for a vaccine. We know we all know that that's not something that's going to happen overnight. But uh, I I don't know the answer. I, I don't know if anybody knows the answer. Um, how do you get from getting through the hell of this? You know, coming down off off the peak whenever and you know however long it is. How do you transition from Okay, only only you know, only thirty thousand people still have the virus, and we know who they all are. But how do you turn that back into? Hey, tickets are on sale. 
you know, there, there's an opening day on, let's just say, you know, after what the all-star break would be hypothetically July 10th or 12th or whatever, you know, I, I don't know how you connect those dots without some miraculous, you know, effort to get this thing under control. I mean, you know, you look at some place like South Korea where they, they're just now getting back to sort of life as normal. Um, I mean, I mean, as much as it can be, right? Uh, but they took some not extreme steps. Like, they, there wasn't – I was just reading about this yesterday. You know, China had much stricter language with its citizens about what you had to do. South Korea just basically got really good at social distancing, were, you know, as being as sanitary as they could be with just about everything. And, you know, after two months or so, it ran its course. And, and I don't mean it ran its course and that it'll never come back, but – the worst of it was over. But when you see dipshits on the beach at spring break still this week, you know, I don't know how you I don't know how you convince those people to not do that. And if you can't convince those people, then ultimately this is all for naught because if everyone's not on board, it's a problem. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, and that that is uh a real possibility. I'm uh, I'm gonna be very. I, I I honestly think that maybe one of the steps here that no one wants to really see but might happen is you might see baseball come back without fans. That if they can say, okay, we know everyone on the Mets and the Phillies has been tested for coronavirus, and everyone's come back negative, and we've tested their families, then we're gonna have we're gonna start having games in empty uh empty ballparks for a month until we can get everyone safely back in here. Right. And even if you were looking at um, the Arizona spring training complex, um, I, I, I know there might be more than one, but obviously there's a cluster there that is just very close together. Um, if there's a safe way to orchestrate that, you know, I think everybody would gladly take, Hey, you know, these are games they do count um and it in that context one thing i would say uh obviously this is unprecedented uh baseball has had seasons delayed or shortened or, or you know either at the beginning or the end <clears throat> typically over uh, disputes between ownership and, and labor but if they can pull off a safe um half season that doesn't infringe on public health efforts, you know, you, you start to think even, okay, you know, the players are all healthy. They're all going to gather, uh, in, in this area. I'm just using Arizona because I know they have a lot of yeah, you know, there's, playable fields. There's probably 15 playable fields in within a half hour of each other in Arizona. Uh, right. So <clears throat> even if, they can do that and the players are all safe you still think okay are, is there going to be hotel space you know or or living space that uh that's available that these that isn't going to be needed by you know Arizona's state health department it's 
it's crazy to think through it all. But if it was possible to do all that, I think every baseball fan would gladly sign up for it because, man, uh, real games would would be a very nice distraction. Uh, you know, you can you can do a lot to keep yourself entertained at home. And I will plug the series that we've been running on the site right now um, with staff recommendations of all sorts of things, books, movies, TV shows, podcasts, if you want to listen to any other podcasts. Well, I, uh, I noted in the write-up that though those are only valid after you've listened to all the Amazing Avenue audio yes. podcasts. So. <laughs> but yeah, check check those out. Um, I think the group has put together some you know nice uh, lists of things, and you know the effort that we're making there is is sort of. You know, we're not trying to be the encyclopedia of anything. Um, obviously, there are some classic things that are included in those lists. But, you know, we're not just trying to go grab the AFI top 100 of all time and, right. and pick those movies. Um, you know, at least, I don't know. And you've got, like, a pretty good variety of things. Um, I've checked out some of the TV shows that are on the list from a variety of people and well, you know, one or two of them. Eh, I don't know. It, it might not be for me. <laughs> but one or two of them are like, oh wait, this is this is really good. I hadn't even heard of this. Right. Um, yeah. And that's the whole point of the whole series. Obviously, not everything is for everybody, but um, finding ways to keep ourselves engaged uh, is a good thing. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think you know. Obviously, we have no real sense of anything. We we have no inside info, nor is there even, I think, inside info to be had on this topic yet. But if you had to venture a guess, just based on, I guess, your gut intuition and what you've been reading, if baseball is going to come back this season, when do you think baseball comes back? Um, my gut is there is no season. I hope I'm wrong, you know, but that that would be my... Uh, not trying to be doom and gloom, but that that's my guess right now. Um, if it does, I would think mid to late July. Um, and, and I got, Oh, I totally got off track. But the point I was making about shortened seasons is if they can pull off an 81 game season. And if it all happens hypothetically in Arizona, uh, what those players do in that season should not be diminished in a baseball context. You know, everybody's playing with the hand that society has been dealt. Right. Um, you know, so if Jeff McNeil and the batting title is not even like in the top 30 things I think about during a baseball season, but if Jeff McNeil hits 350 and Hey, you know, he's got the batting title in this 81 game season he still did that. Like, you know, obviously it's different, but whatever happens in that hypothetical scenario shouldn't be diminished, uh, for what it was, you know, analytically you could say, Hey, this, you know, this pitcher broke out, but it was only 15 starts. You know, maybe we need to see a little bit more that, that makes sense. You don't, you don't wait half a season's worth of games more than you would a full season. But, you know, whatever is established, um, 
you know, if Pete Alonso leads baseball with 20 home runs, he still led baseball in home runs. Right. Um, I, I think, unfortunately, if there's a World Series, no matter who, no matter who gets into the World Series or wins the World Series, they're never going to be fully accepted as the champions because of the shortened season. And you're going to hear people say, you know, oh, well, yeah, they're the World Series champions of 80 games or whatever. And I don't think that's fair. Um, yeah. I, my response to that would be, um, well, the Astros. <laughs> the Astros. I guess that's my whole response. But <laughs> well, who's, you know, who's more legitimate? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I would love to be able to debate whether or not <clears throat> the 2020 World Series champions were legitimate um, rather than have a, you know, not the only thing in common with 1994 would be that there was no World Series. Right. But I'd rather not have that commonality. I agree with that. Now, here, here is my question to you, and I, I, this is a pure place of ignorance on my part. I would presume that even if there is no season, this season counts for contracts, correct? It seems that way. I mean, I think that's a big part of what the league and the Players Association are trying to sort through right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it seems like this would still be a year that happened. Um, it'll be a mess with you know, I mean, they're trying to come to terms on all these things, but service time, uh, vesting options, which aren't super common, but they're out there, you know. Um, teams that traded for players that now, you know, I mean, look, nobody's crying over the Dodgers. Uh, <laughs> oh, really. Yeah. But, and, and, and not that they gave up anything. Super insane, but they went out and made a big deal to get Mookie Betts. Uh, it's entirely possible that he doesn't ever play a game for them. And, and then he's a free agent. And, you know, uh, at a time that a lot of teams spent this and several of the past off seasons not really trying to win, the Dodgers made a very much win-now move. You know, getting a guy who's either the second best or if you don't agree with that top five player in the game. Right. Um, I, I know Acuna has sort of uh, gotten up there into Trout's stratosphere in terms of how people perceive them uh, in fantasy baseball, which I think is a decent indicator of how fans feel. Uh, but anyway, you know, they went a guy who has one year left of, of team control, a guy who has stated he wants to be in the free agent market. Um, and they went out and, and did that, and <clears throat> they they might not see him play a game. And obviously, every problem within baseball is just baseball right now. But, you know, operating within that world, that that's a little messed up. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about this just in terms of um, well, let, let, we'll talk about Noah Syndergaard more in a minute, but you know, 2021 is Syndergaard's last contracted year with the Mets. And 
if he has he underwent surgery today, I believe, for you know Tommy John surgery, he he theoretically will pitch again for the Mets, but maybe not. And while that's a risk of anybody who undergoes surgery, to have an entire year go away contractually without any games being played, it's just very it's a very weird situation, and I can understand. If someone were to make the argument that, well, the players went to spring training, they got themselves ready for the season, that they did nothing wrong, therefore they should be paid for the season, and they should this should count as a season on their contract. I fully support that. I could also understand somebody saying, well, no, they didn't play the season at all. The season starts on opening day, and they didn't play the season. Right. But I... But I, I I don't see how you could say that, essentially. I think you have to count this as a season. I think. Yeah. I'm really struggling with this idea, though. I, I really don't know. Yeah, no, I, there is no clean, easy answer, um, which I think is fitting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess... You try to maintain the competitive integrity as much as you can. And, yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. I wish I wish there was more information out there right now about this, but there's just, there's so little right now. So, so we'll see, I guess, in a few weeks, maybe this will become more clear. We are talking before the, before the podcast about how we think that the reason there's so little information is because... The Players Association and the owners are trying to work through exactly what this means. And I don't know if there's going to be any daylight there. Because it just seems like... I can't imagine ownership wanting to count this as a season. Under any circumstances. And I can't imagine players under any circumstances to not want to count this as a season. So I I don't know what's going to happen there. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I. Yeah, we're at a loss for words here. <laughs> but uh, hey, you brought up Syndergaard. Yeah, so let's talk about Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard. Uh, how can I say this? There have been rumors for some time that Syndergaard had elbow problems that were being ignored or weren't serious enough yet to merit treatment. Um. Our friend Ted Berg tweeted out the other day that he was told this in 2015, that there were he heard whispers for the first time about this. Uh, but, you know, whether those were true or not doesn't really matter because now he has had Tommy John surgery. He is out for whatever this season looks like and likely the beginning of next season. From a business standpoint, this makes total sense. If, if, if there's a feeling around baseball, the season is not going to happen then I understand why anybody who has a nagging injury would want to get it taken care of right away. Give yourself that full year's recovery that you'll literally never have again. You know, this is a once-in-a-lifetime, I hope, God, I hope, once-in-a-lifetime season without baseball. So if you can get your problem taken care of, do so right away. That way you have as much recovery time as possible. Uh, I also think from a... uh, from a free agent agency standpoint, if Syndergaard is indeed wanted to test the free agent waters, 
you want to get this done now. If you think, all right, even if there's a chance it's half of a season, if I get Tommy John surgery right now, I come back before my free agent year, totally healthy, that's the best move for me. And from the Mets standpoint, I think even if you have a season this year, you have you still have I'm putting this in big quotation marks, five starting pitchers in DeGrom, Mats, uh I almost said Wheeler, not Wheeler at all. Stroman, uh Waka and uh Porcello. Porcello. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it, it it just makes sense to have this surgery done right now. But that said, it is it is a bummer that we're gonna that even if there's baseball, we're not getting Syndergaard baseball this year. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, man. What do you think about this? Had you heard rumors of his elbow being a problem? Um, <clears throat> I mean, I think the way it's had framed, it was good. It, it, along with that, just saying, sort of, it, it's easy for everybody to say. In hindsight, oh, you know, called it when, you know, you could right. kind of predict it with any pitcher. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it, certainly a thing, you know, rumblings about it or, or concern about it or people jumping to conclusions like, oh, you know, uh, he, he had a minor issue here or there or, or he didn't look great or wh- whatever. Like, oh, it must be the elbow. Um, I don't think anybody gets to do, like, a celebratory thing now to say how right they were. Sure, agreed. Um, You know, it's... uh, I can't claim to be the uh, foremost expert, borrowing from Ted's (laughs) language here, uh, on pitching mechanics. But Syndergaard's delivery never seemed like the most violent thing to me. Uh, I don't know if I would say it was the smoothest, lowest effort one I've seen either. But it was, you know, it wasn't like something that was obviously different. Uh, and even Chris Sale, you know, the dude was healthy for a long time before he just came into needing the same surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah. I guess uh, my point is that whatever everybody thought and whatever the rumblings were, you know, this it could happen to Rick Porcello just as much as it could happen to Syndergaard. And maybe you find one more surprising than the other, but, you know, that's – it's just possible with, with pitchers. Yeah, our, uh, our, our, I believe, now retired from baseball colleague – uh, Toby, uh, Toby Hyde, right? That didn't sound right coming out of my mouth. But that's yeah, yeah. He yeah, yeah. used to always say, you know, starting pitchers break is what they do, and uh, you know that's that's just that's the reality, right? That's where, that's where we are with with pitching in in this era. Pitchers just break, and it's a bummer and it's terrible. But you know, I, I don't think anybody who watched Syndergaard in one of his dominant starts. You weren't watching a guy, you're thinking, oh, that guy's elbow is holding on for dear life. Anyone who says that is, in my opinion, full of shit. Um, but like Ted said, there were whispers of it for a long time. And like what you just said, you know, starting pitchers get this surgery all the time. And sometimes it's, sometimes it's a slow thing coming, and sometimes it's one pitch and it happens. And so we don't know what happened, but it is a bummer. 
Uh, do you think that this is that this means that Syndergaard will? Let me rephrase that. Does this change at all Syndergaard's options for staying a Met beyond the end of his contract? Um, maybe a little bit. I mean, I I made uh, a hypothetical argument at the time. Well, I guess it was a real argument. Um, and the way things turned out, hey, the Mets made the right call. But when Matt Harvey had his Tommy John surgery, um, you know, that might be a good time to try to strike a balance with the player. Um, you know, there's some, there's obviously a level of talent here. Um, you know, Tommy John surgery is something that generally pitchers come back from, but I, you know, there's probably a, a bit of a misconception that it's a guarantee. Right. Um, and Harvey, to be clear, did come back from that. It was a, the separate injury that it was derailed his career. Syndrome, yeah. Right. So, um, you, you look at this and that player, in this case, Syndergaard, you know, he, he has to know it's incredibly unlikely that he's going to pitch 200 innings next year. Um, even a good timeline for coming back doesn't have him, you know, making the first turn through the rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, excuse me. Um, so, yeah, the, in that scenario, is there something where you can say, okay, you know, let's lock in your salary for next season, you know, rather than going through any back and forth over arbitration uh, figures. Let's lock that in and then, you know, get something established where there's one or two years beyond that that you guarantee a good salary for the player. Um, and that, that gives you, hey, we've got three years of control on Syndergaard, he's still not going to be old by any means. Um, what, what age season is next year going to be for him? That's a good question. Let me look that up. I'm going to feel old when I find out the answer regardless. Yeah, exactly. Like, of all the spring training things I've gotten to do, being there for his first bullpen in the organization was definitely among the coolest. That's awesome. uh, You know, so hey, this is only his age 27 season. Okay. Um, so next year, age twenty-eight season. So if you if you could come to terms with them and say we're going to guarantee you a good salary for, salary for your age twenty-eight, twenty-nine, thirty seasons, um, you know what what does that look like for him to want to agree to it to say hey I'm going to guarantee a good chunk of money here I'm going to be thirty when this is over and you know I'm talented I'm confident in myself that I can take that next step from there. Yeah, it seems like it's a win-win for both for both sides as long as you know, the one side isn't like for instance, I don't think Matt Harvey would have taken that deal at the time because of who Matt Harvey was as a as a person. And I mean that in a good or a bad way. You know, Harvey had said that he wanted was it a 2 million dollar signing bonus? I and forget. When, and when he was drafted the first time, he didn't get it, and so he went to college. And the, it wasn't like the signing bonus was nothing. It's just that he he had a number in mind that he wanted to reach, and he didn't get that. And so I could see a guy like Harvey not wanting to 
to gamble to gamble against his future, right? But I think that that Syndergaard is young enough that it wouldn't really be doing that. You know, plenty of players get free agent contracts at thirty or thirty-one without without anyone batting an eye at it. So I, I think you're right in that regard. I would love to see that happen. I want to yeah. see Syndergaard as a Met forever. I do. You know, um, I just hope that. I just hope that this is a uh, a situation where we're not going to be looking back on this moment and saying, you know, this was the end of Syndergaard's career, or man, the Mets should have signed him because after his Tommy John surgery, he was he was electric again. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it, you know, I think the way I've viewed baseball player salaries and all that has evolved a lot. You know over the last 15 years, um, you know, it's very easy, especially when you're younger, I think to look at it from, Hey, you want your team to do well. You want the player to do something team friendly all the time. Right. But, you know, uh, now at this point, I, I, there's, I feel guilty (laughs) rooting for the Mets to capitalize on a player's injury which is essentially what it is. But if you're the team, you know, that there's, you take on some risk, uh, but the reward could be very great to have those. Honestly, even if it was only one year, just anything beyond to say, look, you're hurt. You know, we have confidence in you. Uh, we know you have confidence in yourself to, to make this return and be as good as ever. But obviously there's some risk, you know, let's lock in your salary for next year. And in exchange for that, let's lock in another year. Um, it just seems like it would be a smart thing for the team to try to do. So, you know, especially when you start to look at, I mean, this is crazy. It's it, We are talking on what should have been, you know, two hours after a Mets opening day win. Yep. Because the Mets win on opening day. It's a strange thing, <laughs> but if pitchers break, it's what they do. The Mets win on opening day. It's what they do. Yep. Uh, and I am Googling the MLB trade rumors free agent list for after the season. <laughs> like <Okay>. that, <laughs> usually it takes until at least June or July for the Mets to do that to me, you know. So being in a in, in this world where on opening day I'm I'm already looking at who's a free agent <clears throat> um it's not good <laughs> um but yeah it, you know Stroman's a free agent free agent after this season uh that right there presents a bit of an issue you know he's now the Mets number 2 pitcher and to start next season if he were extended or or brought back he'd probably also start that season as the Mets number two pitcher um you know that him being a free agent is is a problem and then you start to look at when the Mets rotation aside from DeGrom who's on his extension starts to you know phase out and hit free agency you know Porcello as much as I'm not excited for him to be a Met uh, he's a free agent after this season. Waka is. Stroman is. Um, 
So that is so basically what you're saying is that three fifths of the Mets rotation is a free agent at the end of the season. Right. Well, yeah. And then so you, you go into, you know, you don't go that far down the road when you have Jacob DeGrom and nobody else. You know, they have Matt's through 2021. They have Syndergaard uh, also through 2021. But that, you know, that's it. And hey, there are worse things than having DeGrom, Syndergaard, Matt's as three starting pitchers on your roster through that point in time, but <clears throat> like that they are going to need pitchers um, for 2022. And right now it's Jacob DeGrom, which is great. Best pitcher in baseball, but that's one guy. Um, yeah. So yeah, extend Syndergaard now. It would be bizarre. It would be weird. You know, maybe not right now. Maybe when society uh, is in a healthier and safer place. But, you know, <clears throat> let's say we get a mid-July opening day, and maybe it is no fans or anything, but, you know, the Mets the Mets play their first game of a shortened season. Uh, they win, and at the end of it, they announce that they've extended Syndergaard for, you know, two years beyond next season. Uh, that would feel like a pretty good day, right? Yes. I, I would think. <laughs> yes. Um, it's going to be weird. I mean, like so much of so much of being a baseball fan and also being a Mets fan in particular is that you're always looking for everything to go wrong, right? <laughs> you're always looking for the, the problem that's on the horizon. This is the first time I can think of where every team feels that same way. Everyone is worried about what's on the horizon. No one exactly knows what's going to happen. That said, I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if the Mets didn't somehow bungle this situation. <laughs> oh, I yeah. I don't know how they're going to bungle it just yet, but they're going to do it. <laughs> so I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see how they do that. Um. <laughs> Man, what what percentage of emails that you're getting right now start with COVID nineteen update? All of them. Yeah, <laughs> I just got a Bowery Ballroom one. Yeah, that's the one I just got. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and 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 look, it, it's relevant. I'm not saying people shouldn't do it. Obviously, especially um, elected officials sending informational updates on things, uh, even logistics of what's happening with that Bowery ballroom with the tickets that you bought. And you know, when that show is happening, uh, it, it's all relevant, but it's just constant. Yeah. I, uh, I had a, uh, a laugh the other day. I got an email that was from Bob's discount furniture where I bought a couch this summer and it said Bob's plan for the pandemic. I was like, Oh good. Bob himself is reaching out to me. To tell me <laughs> this. Uh, but yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think it's fair that in lieu of music picks this week, we just point folks to the article that's going live one half hour after this podcast posts. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, do that. Um, Brian and I may have some things in there that we've mentioned on the show before. Uh, we may not. I don't I don't know. I, don't know I haven't done mine have. yet. I haven't read anybody else's yet. But 
whether there's repeats or not, um, there's going to be a whole lot of variety with everybody chipping in yes. uh, in addition to us. Yes, absolutely. So check that out for sure. And uh, I, I, I haven't run this by Chris yet, but I'm sure he won't have a problem with this. We would love to know what you guys want us to do on this podcast for the next few months. So if you have ideas, tweet at us. Uh, he's Chris McShane. I'm Brian Zanap. We're both at Amazing Avenue. Uh, email us, aaaudiopodcast at gmail.com. We want to know what you want us to do. Because, honestly, I don't know what we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I guess one, one thing that kind of crossed my mind and... Uh, or, or just seem relevant. Uh, a friend of mine who had gotten himself pretty much off social media uh, a few years ago, active decision to just not do that, um, <clears throat> got back on once you know once it was clear that we would uh, be in the situation we're in. You know, so getting back on in a way of trying to just stay connected to friends. Um, you know, kind of share this experience, what social media should be the the biggest asset for, uh, you know, trying to enjoy and get through things together, right? That's yeah. so often it's not so often it's something much worse than that. But right now it feels like, man, <clears throat> I'm not going to compliment Facebook and that user experience, but like Instagram, Twitter, especially if you tailor them to, to have that experience. Um, it sure is nice that they exist. Yes, absolutely. Um, whatever good and bad has come of them existing up to this point right now, it's nice that they're there. And this friend tweeted when he jumped back on Twitter, uh, you know, Hey, uh, <clears throat> it'd be really great if every podcast I listened to just did like a three minute episode just to say, hi, we're still here because that would feel good. Um, <clears throat> so for us, this show, you know, it, it, that's been a little bit delayed and we did a little more than three minutes, but <laughs> yes. I think the concept of it is, is good. Um, you know, to the extent that, that each podcast has an audience and I know we do, um, you know, we're not Mark Marin in terms of being, the podcast that's the best known one probably <laughs> at least of the ones that I know. Uh, but we know you guys listen on a regular basis and if us talking helps and it, and like, like you're saying, Brian, if you have ideas of what you want us to talk about helps, um, you know, we'd, we'd like to provide part of that uh, because I think this can be therapeutic for us talking to each other, but um you know, without any real baseball news, like the only news we're going to get is that some other Met has an injury they sustained during the pandemic. Or, or uh, the thing we haven't seen yet that I am waiting for, because I know it's going to be there, is ex-Met, whatever, you know, insert Met player name here, refuses to cooperate with uh, social distancing restrictions. Yeah. Yeah, something along those lines. Yeah. But yeah, uh, yes. so yeah. And hopefully we'll be able to bring some friends on and have some just fun conversations about not baseball stuff. And if yeah. that's not your thing, we totally understand you listening to another podcast. But um, 
you know, if there's no baseball stuff, let's all just let's all do no baseball stuff together. And that's the best I can offer, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, go I gave our social media stuff out before. Find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, be well, be safe, and until this is relevant again, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets.